Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. I am your host, Mr. Wonderful. Very happy to be here with you on this Wednesday. A late drop to the show. But we're going to have a little bit of fun because we're going to review the Kevin Smith movie Clerks 3, which is now out in theaters, Fathom Events. So one screening a night, multiple theaters around the nation. Uh, unlike a traditional movie release, that is what this film has uh, this week only, but the convenience tour has been going on where Kevin Smith has been touring the film around the nation, taking it city to city, and I got to go to the Richmond, Virginia stop of the convenience tour for Clerks 3 with my buddy Zach from Haunter's Podcast, which, before we get into the convenience tour review and the Clerks 3 review, Let's take care of a little bit of business. You can check out the latest episode of Haunter's Podcast, which features Zach and Brooke talking about Hollow Scream 2022. They got to go this past weekend, was opening weekend. They were there. They have the review for you, so you can check that out. Plus, there are new episodes of the Metal Groove Review It Rob show. And tomorrow, a new episode of Improper Guidance coming all from the Thrill Me Podcast Network, so you can like Haunter's Podcast on Instagram, or you could like the Thrill Me Podcast Network, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and find all of those shows I just mentioned. So go ahead, subscribe to all of them like you have to this show, hopefully, and you'll be updated every time a new episode drops. So uh, yeah, now that business is taken care of, let's get into it. This week, I figured we will do a full review. The convenience tour happened in Richmond. As I mentioned, got to go to it and this was quite an experience, I gotta say, because it happened at the National in Richmond, Virginia, which is a place that I have seen concerts at. I've actually, the last time I was at that venue, I was there with my buddy that I used to work with uh, in radio. His band was performing a St. Patrick's Day show, and in a way, I w I'm kind of that band's groupie. Uh, well, at least specifically when I worked with him, I very much was the groupie of that band, the Fighting Jamesons, an Irish rock band out of Virginia. And I got to go there with him. I hung out with him backstage, all that good stuff. Uh, so that was the last time I was there was not even a, I don't want to say the Jamesons couldn't sell it out, but it was St. Patrick's Day. There's a lot going on. No band usually, unless you're Dropkick Murphys or something, sells out on St. Patrick's Day. But there's a good-sized crowd there. But then there's the convenience tour stop, which is wall-to-wall, -wall, the floor filled with seats completely sold out. The upstairs, the balcony portion of the National, which has seats and has tables and all of that, completely sold out. So this is a sold-out venue for a movie which right then and there was just, wow, that, that adds a little bit of an experience to it. But this is a room packed of Kevin Smith fans, diehard fans, people dressed like clerks, people dressed like Kev, people dressed in Marty Brodeur, New Jersey Devils sweaters, which just, ugh, gross as a New York Rangers fan. Uncle Daddy, I don't know why you'd support that guy. 
I get it. Kevin Smith from Jersey. He's a Devils fan. Marty Brodeur is the all-time winningest goalie in the NHL. Like, I get it. I'm just being a prick of a hockey fan here. My sports team better than his sports team. Uh. But this was an interesting experience because this being in a packed house like that was a movie going experience that I can honestly say I've never been a part of. It was the closest thing to having a Marvel experience, but I think it was more extreme than a Marvel movie experience because, you know, you've, you probably remember the Avengers Endgame, the uh, I'm on your left moment where the crowd goes absolutely insane or Captain America wielding, uh, you know, Thor's hammer. The way the audience react, uh, you think Spider-Man Far From Home, the way that the reaction was to, to certain appearances in that movie, the way that the audience popped at that. The way the audience was popping for Clerks 3 was beyond that. Because the way that this event works is Kevin Smith brings the film out. He introduces the film. You watch the film. He's in attendance. Then afterwards, he does a Q&A. Allegedly about the movie, but we'll get to the Q&A session in Richmond that I stuck around for uh, as much as I stuck around for in a minute. So Kevin comes out. The crowd is excited. He's telling stories. He's hyping it up. His daughter comes out, Harley. She tells a quick Virginia story as well about Bush Gardens and how the Smith family still to this day has not been to Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, uh, and shows the movie. But again, this audience from the very open of this film was engaged with it. Uh, so the movie opens, and you know we're not going to go into spoilers or anything, because here's the thing. This review is not going to be like a traditional review, because it's hard for me to review a Kevin Smith film. Because there's 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 two things to it. One is, I have been a Kevin Smith fan my entire life. Since the first time I saw Clerks, and from that moment on, it was, I am a fan of this guy. He tells jokes I like, he tells stories I like. As a director, I like him. As an actor, I like him. As a writer, I like him. I like everything this guy does. So growing up on his films, there's this bit of a a love to Kevin Smith that I have. And I'm somebody that, you know, really, honestly, the View Askew universe, I think, is on a whole, every film that he's done for that has been really good. I also am somebody that will tell you, you should go see the movie Red State if you have not seen it. That is a really good film. You should also go watch Tusk. That's on HBO Max. That is a really good film as well. I am a defender of Tusk to a point. I've seen Yoga Hosers. You know, that exists. But even the stuff outside of View Askew, I will say, are films worthy of going to see that he tells good stories. But he's also a very unique storyteller in the sense of, I know somebody like my fiance, not going to enjoy Clerks 3 or really any of Kevin Smith's work. She told me she's seen Clerks, and she thought it was very rude and very crude. And I get that. That is his style. That is, you know, that has been a criticism of Kevin Smith's his entire career. And I get that. And I'm okay with it. But it works for me. And I've been a fan. Now, secondly, and it's because of what happened this past weekend, I have always looked up to Kevin Smith. He is, uh, 
someone that, you know, he is the epitome of the indie filmmaker, the guy of, if you have a camera, you can do it. Famously maxing out his credit cards, over $20,000 of his money put into making clerks while working at the quick stop, (laughs) making the film, selling it, taking it, winning a critical acclaim, all that stuff. He's the epitome of the independent filmmaker that makes somebody like me go, hell, I could create something and I can do it. And I am. I'm creating this show for all of you that listen to it. And I thank you for listening to it. And there are other things that I I create. And it's reasons why I enjoy working in radio as well, getting a chance to create things and do things like that. So he's been a hero of mine as well in the sense of, inspiring me to put myself out there in things and try things and do things and try and create. And there are movie scripts that I'm, or, well, I I shouldn't say scripts because I haven't officially begun a script yet, but there are concepts and treatments that I have written. And there is one that I am progressing further and further on the more that I've been uh, uh, listening to more of his stuff again and watching more of his stuff again. Because in the prep for going to see Clerks 3, obviously, I rewatched Clerks, I rewatched Clerks 2, which... Clerks 2 just hits, always hit, and was a film I love, but hits a lot differently now that I'm slightly older than Dante and Randall are in that film, and I get a lot more of of the threat of that film as opposed to the dick and fart jokes that Kevin Smith is known for and, and the pop culture references and all of that. So this is a guy that I've looked up to, and... Now getting the chance to meet him because that happened this past weekend. I got a chance to meet Kevin Smith. I got to be in a room with him. I got a hug from Kevin Smith. I got a hug from a guy who hugged Ben Affleck at Ben Affleck's wedding and hugged Jennifer Lopez at the wedding. In a way, I hugged Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, okay? But getting the chance to meet him and then going into a room with him one-on-one to be interviewed by him for that Kevin Smith club, the club that he does. uh, It's just a club that you could join. If you're a fan of his, you could pay to join different tiers. I'm part of his yoga hoser tier, which is like the top tier of it. So being interviewed by him, Hey, what's your name? What do you do for a living? What's your favorite film? I told him it was Clark street. Like what's your favorite Kevin Smith film? It's Clark street right now. I did tell him it's a loaded question in case you're not a fan of that Kevin Smith club and you don't get to see myself and Zach get interviewed by him, but getting the chance to meet him, it was the realization that what this guy puts out there, the way he presents himself with his fans, that is him. He is 100% that guy. The way he presents himself, the way he talks about his fans, interacts with his fans, it's true. This is not one of those people. I have met people that I look up to. I've met people that I was really excited to meet, and I've been disappointed by them. And it's it's pretty much a 50-50 when it comes to meeting celebrities sometimes. I, like, when I met Simple Plan, I didn't know what to expect from it. I liked Simple Plan when I was younger. I was a big fan of theirs. So I was kind of excited to meet them, but I was unsure. Some of the coolest dudes I got to meet. Then came Gin Blossoms, a band that I was like, oh, this is going to be cool to meet them. It's going to be really exciting. Some of the most standoffish people I've had any form of interaction with. Jim Brewer, huge fan of his from Saturday Night Live. He's a Mets fan. Had fabulous conversation with him. Loved hanging out with him. Had a real good time with him. Felt a real, like, actual, like, wow, I got to talk to somebody 
that I, that I really enjoy growing up that shaped me in, in a sense of forms of the way his comedy is at times and like what he did on SNL inspired me in other ways. Really cool. Then there was the John Lovitz interview I did, which at the end of the day, I'm actually the most proud of my John Lovitz interview out of everything that I've really done in the industries, in radio and people that I've talked to because John Lovitz was the biggest tool that I came across. He was absolutely rude. From the moment that he walked through the door, it was, oh, we're going to do it this way? I thought we'd do it that way. Just had something to say about everything. But I'm proud of that interview because I pulled John Lovitz back because, again, I am a fan of his. I was a big fan of his, but I walked away from that experience going, wow, you know, the stories of John Lovitz being a prick are, are true. He really is. But I pulled him back in the interview because it was a guy that had no interest in talking to me, no interest in being there. And then I did the thing that uh, I actually recently heard Dana Carvey say, but I've, I've, I've done it for years prior, but it's a great Great, great, great thing to uh, and trick if you ever get a chance to meet a celebrity that you like is you don't just tell them you're a fan. You pull something very specific for them. And that's what I did on the Lovitz interview that pulled him back. I told him that I was a big fan of Mom and Dad Save the World. I thought it was one of the funniest movies I've seen. I still love watching it. And then I pulled out the mutton chops or goatee, which at that point he went, oh, yeah. Yeah. And got really excited and did the bit and was like, yes, oh, shoot yourself. Oh, the mutton chops aren't so bad. And it was like, oh, shit, there we go. I got him. I got him pulled back. But you never know how it's going to go. So it really is a 50-50 thing. And like Dana Carvey said, pull something specific. And I did that with Lovitz, which pulled him back. But I, I, I have a sour taste of it because that was someone that I looked up to more than Brewer. And he really liked just coming in with a chip on his shoulder and giving me about five cold minutes in a 15-minute conversation was like, oh, my God, I was pulling teeth until I got to the, you know, dude, I really am a fan. Like, I saw Mom and Dad Save the World in theaters and still watch it and still push this film. That pulled him back. So Kevin Smith is, is not one of those people. He is the epitome of celebrities that I've gotten a chance to meet and lived up to every expectation so doing a review of his film is going to be really like, it's not so much the way I do reviews because I'll put it to you this way. Clerks 3 Plays, it is a wonderful film. I really enjoyed this movie. I think this actually might be some of Kevin Smith's best work, not in the sense of his style has changed or anything like that because his style is very much the same. He's still, it, it's still, if you think that he has a sloppy style, he falls into some of his tropes that are, you know, he's he's known for and you don't like it. It's all there. But where he has grown is in the storytelling sense and the characters. He's always been a really good storyteller. He's always been good at, at making these characters and creating them. Clerks 3 is able to really expand on that and really showcases where Kevin Smith is now. And the concept behind Clerks 3 is that Randall suffers a Widowmaker heart attack and realizes that there was a 20, he's part of a 20% survival rate, that there was an 80% chance that he should die. He feels that there is nothing in his life that really leaves his legacy, nothing that he's done that's worthwhile. So he decides he's going to make a movie. And that movie that they make is Clerks with, in Clerks 3. So they're making the original Clerks, so much so to the point where 
there's even a joke uh, that uh, from si- that involves Silent Bob directing the movie and and goes into a whole very like breaking of the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall type of moment of an explanation that is really funny. But this is not a movie that is just revisiting and doing a victory lap of the best moments of Clerks. Yes, that does happen. But by the time we get to the third act of this film, it is not just a rehash of those moments. It is a new story involving Randall and Dante and really is a great conclusion of this story of these two best friends that we were introduced to in 1994 that we revisited 12 years after that in 2006 that we're revisiting with now all these years later. What is it? Uh, 2006 or whatever that is. 16 years later, we're revisiting them again. Where they are now from the end of Clerks 2. There is a lot that has happened in that time frame. And we don't need to sit there and Kevin Smith doesn't spend the time in telling us every little detail. He fills in enough that we know that the dynamic of where Dante and Randall is, that there is a lot happening. And a lot is happening with Dante in this film, more so than Randall, which is crazy because it's it's Randall heavy, but a lot has happened with Dante. And we're able to explore that relationship, where it is all these years after Clerks 2, what's happened. And by act three of this film, it is very clear that this is not, again, just a rehash of Clerks and a victory lap. That this is a man that pulled from his own life in the fact that Kevin Smith suffered a Widowmaker heart attack, almost died, did survive, and since then has been revisiting these characters from the View SQ universe. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I... When I did a review of that, I I talked about how there was a lot of heart in that movie that I did not expect. And that happens again in this film. And I think there is more heart in this film because what Kevin Smith is now doing is what he did. But he's doing it... I don't want to say he's doing it differently, but he is. He's, He's found a way, the way that he's telling the stories now, and not to say that they weren't heartfelt to begin with, but Clerks was a guy that took the things that happened to him in a in a convenience store and told the story. And that's what he's always done. He's pulled from his life and told stories. Well, the last few films he's done post the heart attack, you can see that he's really putting his life on the screen, that he's really putting it out there. And I think the third act of this movie is some of the best work that we have seen from Kevin Smith as a director, as a writer. And I have to say that Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran, the acting that they pull off in the third act of this movie, I was not expecting that in this film. And maybe it's because these two have been playing these characters for so long that they're just extensions of themselves, for better or worse. But I really cannot get over the performances that they pulled out in this film. It's great throughout the film, but in the third act, it really is so well done. And the performances pulled out are are just, again, something I never expected to see, not just in a Kevin Smith film, but in a Clerks movie. And it's just a really good film. Uh, I love the conclusion of this Clerks trilogy. But again, I'm a Kevin Smith fan that grew up on it. And I feel like that is the thing with this film. If you are somebody that really has enjoyed Kevin Smith's work over his career, 
whether it's you're a super fan or you're a casual fan, if you enjoy his work and you enjoy Clerks and Clerks 2, you're really going to enjoy Clerks 3. You really are going to enjoy Clerks 3. If you're someone that has kind of been hit or miss on things in his filmography, you might not enjoy it. And if you're somebody that, for better or for worse, has not enjoyed his stuff or goes in with a predetermination because you're still pissed off about Yoga Hosers and Tusk, then you're not going to enjoy this movie. You're going to find the flaws. You're going to be you're going to be annoyed with it. Uh, now, circling back to this film being rowdy and absolutely insane on the convenience tour. Once this movie started, the opening song is My Chemical Romance, Welcome to the Black Parade. And the audience was singing along to the song during the open and they were cheering the names and they were cheering when the characters came on. Here's Dante, a roar. Here's Randall, a louder roar. Here's Jay and Silent Bob, an even bigger cheer. Certain moments of the movie, there's a moment in the movie where the crowd absolutely erupted in in pleasure of what happened and Kevin Smith even said afterwards that we're the only stop on the road tour that erupted at that moment to where he actually texted text the actor and said, dude, the crowd just lost their shit here in Richmond over this scene. Like, it was the most Avengers film audience without being a Marvel film. And that just enhanced the experience of this as well. But yeah, this is a fun, this is, it's just a fun time to be on that convenience tour for a good movie to see it with a sold out crowd of Kevin Smith fans enhanced it. But even if you're not, even if you are going to the fathom events and you're not just seeing a Kevin Smith film with Kevin Smith fans, you're going with a general audience. You're going to have a good time. Again, the way that I said it, if you are a Kevin Smith fan, you'll enjoy it. If you like clerks and clerks too, you'll enjoy this conclusion to their trilogy, uh, Dante and Randall. If you're somebody that has not been a fan of his for a while, you're going to hate the movie. It's that simple. Uh, Cameos in this film are are top-notch. There aren't really a lot. Uh, You know, it's weird. There are a lot of cameos, but there aren't. It's really one big moment is cameo heavy, and then the rest of it is a lot of the hat tips and and and, and, and I want to call it a victory lap of Kevin Smith of I survived the heart attack and I'm able to replay with these characters in this universe that I created all these over 30 years ago that I love. So it was a really good time. Really fun. Now, before I wrap up the Q and a afterwards, I I mentioned that the Q and a after the film was supposed to be about the movie, but we stuck around for about 45 minutes or so And Kevin Smith, known to just talk, 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 only answered, I believe it was three questions, maybe four questions, maybe four, definitely not more than four, in the 45 minutes, and not a single one of them had anything to do with the movie, which quite frankly upset me because I had a few questions about the film I would have liked to have asked or that I was hoping others would have asked. But either way, just an unbelievable night getting to meet Kevin Smith getting to see the movie in a sold-out music venue with nothing but his fans dressed like him, dressed like his characters from View Askew, and just having a good time. It was 
uh, quite an experience for sure. And I'll tell you what, uh, if Tusk too, if he's serious and he says in two years when he comes back to Richmond, it's going to be with, with Tusk too. Yeah, I'll be there because again, I do recommend going and watching Tusk, which is on HBO max. I, it is, it is a, it is a horror movie. Johnny Depp is in it as well. Haley Joel Osment is in it. Justin Long is in it. Michael Parks is in it. The cast is wonderful in that movie. And it is, quite frankly, a really disturbing horror movie. It really is. It left me just wowed and traumatized at the same time. So, (laughs) there you go. Uh, That'll do it. Uh, Enjoy the Fathom events if you get to go see Clerks 3. Uh, Really do enjoy it. I hope you have a great time with it. Uh, If you want more content, hey, make sure, again, you like and subscribe to Throw Me Podcast Network on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, but also check out our Patreon. There's some shows on there, uh, some great shows that Zach, uh, Rob, drop, and I've got a new show coming out as well. We're going to dive into another Crypt of Horror this week uh, where we're going to talk a little Joe Pesci. He made his Tales from the Crypt debut in an episode that, well, if you use TikTok, chances are you've seen Joe Pesci from that episode of Tales from the Crypt on your TikTok. If you have ever seen Joe Pesci with the little cut on his face wearing the glasses, walk up, take the glasses off, and go, what the f*** is that right there? Um, That's from Tales from the Crypt. So we'll discuss that episode on the Patreon. And hey, I might drop a Clerks 3 Spoiler review as well on there for this weekend because there is a lot that I would like to get off my chest. There's a lot that's been sticking with me since seeing Clerks 3 that uh, I feel needs more discussion. So maybe I'll drop a, a spoiler review there. But definitely a new Crypt of Horror is coming. And it is still September, so get ready. There will be a new uh, Mr. Wonderful A to Z movie review. I don't know which movie I'm picking yet, but hey. I got over 200 Blu-rays and DVDs to pick from, so we'll see. Will it be a good one? Will it be a bad one? Will I like it? Will I hate it? We'll find out. But thanks, everybody. Until next week, peace and love.